What is up, College Football Nation? We are back. Another week that we should have some success. You know, quick recap. Uh, we hit the nail last week. We had, we had a pretty strong week. Uh, we definitely were on top of all the, the running backs. Um, we did. We really had. We really hit it well coming into another week where I think this is a bit more challenging in terms of picking stacks. In terms of the games are a lot more defensive, not as many high flowing games. So the good is that we should be able to focus in at least on a pretty big slate. We can focus in on a few uh, priority spots. But I am finding this week to be a little bit more challenging to pick than than others. But we uh we, we still have some some opportunity here uh, to find some gems and, and let's kind of go in and break it down and figure out you know where we can find an edge and get some value. Uh, just to address, this will be a bit of a shorter show, um, and I apologize for the awkward time. Uh, I know we usually do eight o'clock and we're we're going at six today. The reason for it is it's my birthday, so uh, I'm going out for dinner and. Uh, uh, so I did record a little bit earlier, so I so I could get out. But we're gonna have some. Good, we're gonna rub our magic genie lamp, use my good birthday luck, and we're all gonna win some money this weekend. So here's how we're gonna do it. Let's dive right in, like we always do. Let's pull up the depth charts on DraftKings and go right through it. Uh, we can start right away with this uh, Kansas State Texas Tech game. I think this is one of the games that uh, that we can target. Um, there should be, um, you know, neither defense is great. So both, both teams should be able to score some points. Um, you know, I think Skylar Thompson's interesting. He's definitely has a, he's a dual threat quarterback, a guy that can throw for some yards and run coming off an injury. You know, he might be more hesitant to run, but I think eventually that's his game. Like that's going to come back at six K. I think he's more than affordable. My priority though, on this team would be Deuce Vaughn who, um, is you know he's he's an elite running back. I mean he's one of the top, definitely ten guys in the country, maybe better. Uh, at seventy seven hundred, it's a little high, but I, I'm willing to to go there with him, especially if you're looking to play some of this Texas Tech side, tech, some guys on the Texas Tech side too, and stack this game. And then on the receivers in this game, um, you know Knowles and Brooks are the two guys getting the target share of the of the looks. Those are the two guys I would target. I prefer Brooks for the savings. I don't think there's a big gap, so. Give me the 4,400 uh, in Brooks, but either guy would be in play if you're playing Thompson. And then on the Texas Tech side, uh, Columbia looks like he's still getting the start this week. I think show is still out. I like Columbia. He, you know, he's definitely hit or miss. He can go off. Um, but, you know, he, he's not like, you know, Pat Mahomes, right? So uh, there might be some limited upside. Taj Brooks, I think, is out again, but that's not confirmed. So you definitely want to check back. If he is out, then I like Sir Roderick a lot. Um, you know, Kansas State, I don't think has the worst run D, but they are beatable. And I think this could make for a good game script, especially if Sir Roderick gets a majority of the carries. And then on the receiving end, a lot of these targets seem to be funneling through um, Azukama and Geiger. So, you know, you can pick one of these two. You, you can play them alone. You can play them with. With Columbia, I think that's that's totally up to you. But there's really four guys in play here uh, on the Texas Tech side, um, and they're not must plays. I just, if you want to think this is going to be a higher scoring game, you can go there. But I wouldn't say this is a must play or must stack game. Miles, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Um, you know, oh, and we'll get to Corral on that game in a few minutes for sure. Head over to this Oklahoma game. 
Oklahoma is going to blow them out, which makes it like kind of confusing what to do for DFS because this game could be over after a quarter, right? A lot of the starters might not play more than a half, but that also means they'll have to score enough points where they don't need to be in the game. So that means points are to be had. So it's a confusing one. Um, Caleb Williams looks great. He's rejuvenated this offense. Um, I think going forward, he might be my favorite player. It's just in a game that's going to be such a big blow. It's like it's hard. I just don't know what to do because I don't think he's going to play more than at most three quarters, but probably less than that. So it's like at 9,800, you want a guy that's not even going to probably play a full game. I don't know. It's just an interesting thing. You definitely want some shares because there's going to be a lot of points here, but it's a matter of, you know, how you get those shares in this Oklahoma team. I like Kennedy Brooks. I think, you know, either him or Gray are the way to go here. Uh, they've priced Brooks up, but he's looked great the last couple weeks, and it's just hard to imagine him not having a good game against this pitiful Kansas team. So um, I like Brooks. Uh, I've seen some some folks talking about, you know, uh, a different approach and going Gray, expecting the blow, and then Gray getting some late carries uh, because it's out of hand. That is a theory I can get around to. So if that's your theory, you get the cheaper Gray, expecting him to get some garbage time uh, touches. I'd be okay with that. On the receiving end, um, there's really a big three here between Mims, Woods, and, and Hasselwood. Uh, I normally would like Mims the most, but with the price up, I don't think he's that big of a difference where I'd rather just get the savings on a Hasselwood or Woods um, to kind of more round out my lineup. Listen, even with the blowout, the points will be there. So, you know, what scares me with the blowout is like having your most expensive player, you know, be the guy that you're relying on in, in, in Williams. But if you're not playing quarterback, I think that I definitely will play some of these receivers solo. Um, thinking that one of them has to catch a big touchdown or two touchdowns, there will be a lot of points scored. So I think that's definitely in reason, especially these uh, more affordable Woods in, in Hazelwood. On the Kansas side, Kansas is so bad that, like, it's just – it's listen, the points will be scored. They should get a lot of opportunity, but they're just pathetic. So I don't really know what to tell you to do with Kansas. Um, you can't play a running back because Oklahoma has shown that they can stop the run. So I wouldn't go there. You'd want to go to this passing game. Now, Bean has been awful. I don't know why they haven't listed Kendrick as a starter. If they have listed Kendrick as a starter, I'd actually be pretty interested. He came in late last week and threw two touchdowns, looked competent. Um, and at the 5K price range, like, he's so affordable. He'll have so many opportunities. I would be interested in him. But it looks like Bean's starting. So I can't play too much of a backup quarterback with that, that, that level of uncertainty. So in, unless word comes out before kickoff that they're going to start Kendrick, it's just I'm probably just going to – not play too much of either. Um, and then if, if I do get word that, that Kendrick's going to play and I want to pair him, you know, there's a handful of guys. They're all mediocre at best. You know, you're, you're throwing a dart here. These are GPP plays more than anything. But if you wanted to throw Lassiter, Grimm, Arnold, any of these guys in there, um, I could get behind that. Yeah, I would say Lassiter, Grimm, and Arnold are, are the three. Maybe McBride, but mm, probably not. I think there's maybe a three-man uh rotation to target here um but for the most part they've been so bad it, it, it's it's probably safe to just just fade kansas altogether looking at this cincy navy game um cincinnati's good very good uh, they might make the playoff navy's bad so we're gonna fade navy against a good cincinnati defense altogether that's easy that's a completely wash ritter 
at 9K, just too high. Um, you know, he does have the upside, but it just, you know, maybe runs that triple option that maybe will lower the game script and the plays. Ritter's a better real-life player than maybe fantasy player, right? So at 9K, 8,900, I just don't think he's worth that price tag. The most interested I'll be here is on Ford, who is the bell cow. They're just feeding him the ball. Um, and again, that should be a blowout. I think he can have another another kind of blow up game. So Ford would be the guy I'd be looking for here. But other than that, um, I just don't love this game script much. So I don't want to target this game too often. Kind of same to go with this Northwestern Michigan game. I mean, Northwestern doesn't impress me at all. Um, there's not much I want to play on Northwestern against a pretty solid Michigan defense. And then on the Michigan side of the ball, they've shown no interest in putting the ball in the air in a game where I don't see a need for them to. Um, Hard to target anyone in the passing game or the quarterback on the Michigan side. Both Haskins and Quorum are in play. Uh, Both guys will get plenty of touches. Um, So, yeah, the Michigan running backs I like, and and those are guys we can target outside of the Michigan running backs. I wouldn't touch anyone else in this game. Uh, The PSU side, Penn State, we need some more information. Sean Clifford's questionable. If he's playing this team, this is a much more dangerous offense. If Clifford's not playing, I think there's a running game becomes interesting. They've struggled running the ball this year, and they're giving anybody, everybody on the roster a chance. So it's really hard to focus the carries. But my thought is if Clifford's not going to play, they might try to establish more of a ground game. And the go-to guy, at least number one option is Kane. Um, you know, he's definitely not going to be the, the bell cow, but he is the number one guy. At 4,800, he's affordable. So I could see if Clifford's out, Kane would be more interesting to me. Uh, if Clifford's in, you know, then, then, you know, that brings the receivers back into play where we can look at Dotson. Dotson's in play regardless who's playing quarterback. This is an NFL receiver. Uh, he might be a, t- a first, you know, first or second round draft pick. He's lights out at 7,200. I'm totally fine with that price point. I'll be playing me some Dotson and then Washington and Lambert Smith. I prefer Washington at 4,900, uh, but they both are involved again, but we just have to see who's playing quarterback before we can make those decisions. And then on the Illinois side of the ball, this is a good Penn State defense. Um, I'm not interested in Illinois much. I, I don't think they're going to have too much success. Um, I mean, you know, Peters is, is cheap enough if you wanted to take a shot, but I just don't see the the upside here. So I'm pretty much out unless, you know, uh, unless we're going to look at the Penn State side. And this Wake uh, Army game, Wake Forest is a good team, right? They they are looking like they are they can contend this year. Uh, Army's not very good. I uh, I'm not too interested. Maybe maybe we can consider Tyler if Anderson's out again because they run so much and he gets all of those goal line carries with scoring upside. I th- I think Tyler's a little overpriced, so I'm not loving him. But you know that's the one guy I would consider there on the Wake Forest side. Um. You know, I think Hartman's a little overpriced as well. I don't love Hartman here, but I think some of his receivers in play. I will be looking at Roberson and Perry. I think they're both fairly priced. I prefer Roberson um, at a better number, 6,400. They're throwing the ball a lot. This is an elite receiver. So Roberson would be a guy I would target. A.T. Perry we can get to. He gets a lot of uh, red zone looks. If you want to get more of a dive deep type play, Taylor Moore is in play as a much more affordable option. Um I don't think I like the running game here. They haven't done much on the ground. They haven't looked good. Not a time to to roll the dice there. So on the Army side, um, yeah, Tyler maybe, but for the most part, they have a ton of running backs. No one's getting that many carries. It's pretty – a serviceable Wake Forest defense. 
I'm not interested in too much in our in army. Moving right along, let's get to this afternoon game. Another defensive battle. Like I told you we have some not great DFS matchups. So there's a lot of games to fade, which one way is a good thing, right? Because it narrows the focus. So um Wisconsin's passing game has just not been there, not worth looking at. I also just I just think this is a low scoring, low game script. I for the most part don't think we need to target too many players in this game at all. I don't love the running game either. Um on the on the Purdue side, um the only guy I'm interested in is is going to be uh, David Bell, who is another one of the best receivers in the country. They throw him the ball a ton. He lit up Iowa, which is a great defense. So, you know, this could be one of those games against another great Wisconsin defense that they just throw them the ball every time. You would think uh, Wisconsin's coaching saw the same stuff we saw, and they're just going to quadruple team Bell and make someone else beat them. But, um, you know, that might not be an option. So uh, David Bell's in play after Bell. I'm fading the rest of this game. Oklahoma State, uh, Iowa State's interesting. So here we got some some guys we can play. Um, Spencer Sanders is just like, he kind of look, looks like just not good. You know, it, it, there's nothing that jumps off the page. He's not that good of a runner. He's not that good of a passer. He's just the quarterback of a decent team, which sometimes points come. But I just don't see the upside with Sanders. Jalen Warren's the guy here. They are feeding him the rock. I mean, the amount of touches he gets, he is playing a pretty solid Iowa State run D, so keep that in mind. But the amount of touches he gets, I think he's pretty safe. Um, I like Warren. You can play Warren here, but he is playing a tough defense, so keep that in mind. And I also like Tay Martin. Um, I think he is priced up a little bit. Uh, this price tag is a little steep, but Tay Martin's the guy. They they feed him the ball. They really press and, and, and just kind of throw to him as, as often as they can, so – I would play Tay, but other than that, I'm probably not too interested in the rest of the Oklahoma State side. I think the Iowa State side is interesting. I actually like Brock Purdy. I think this is the, the spot where, you know, Purdy might have a breakout game. Um, you know, they, they do have a good defense in Oklahoma State, which might be able to slow down Brees Hall, one of the best running backs in the country, but at 9,400, I don't think I want to go there. I think he's too expensive. I think I'd rather be more balanced and and, uh, and find other guys who I think have just as much upside. So, Brees Hall is one of the best backs in the country, so I'm not saying he's not good and he can't break the city. He certainly can. Um, I just think price per matchup is not the best. Right? Good matchup, really expensive price tag. I think we can find some better value at, elsewhere. I do like Hutchinson a lot, um, and I also like Charlie Kohler, their tight end. So I'll play Purdy with Hutchinson and Kohler. I'll mix and match those two, stack them up. Um, those are the two matchups that I think are going to have an edge in this game. Moving on, the next uh, playable game, uh, a game to target, is going to be this LSU-Mississippi game, Ole Miss. Problem here is we don't know what's happening with Matt Corral, and that's going to be huge. Um, if Matt Corral misses the game, which I think he might, that makes this decision interesting. So I don't know if we know who's going to be his replacement. I think I know Miles uh, over in the chat is saying Kitchen, uh, Kiffin mentioned uh, Altmaier. If Altmaier plays at 4,400 and he's the starting quarterback for this explosive Ole Miss offense, then that's interesting, right? Then we got something to think about. But we need to have some more solidified information to know he's playing and it's on a split or or what the scenario is. Right now, it's not. I don't have enough. I'm taking Miles' word for it. I believe him. So if that's the case, then that's something to consider. Um, I actually think right now the best approach here is to target Drummond at 7,800 is, is too much. I think, 
they're not going to just sprinkle it to the receivers all game, especially without Corral. I think targeting this rushing attack makes sense. Between Ely and Parrish and Connor, all these guys are involved, which make it tough to target. I like Parrish the most. I think he's the best back. I've, I like what I've seen from him. Um, I think Ely's in play because of the price tag. They all seem to be pretty close to even, so if you're getting that much of a savings. Snoop Connor being the most expensive probably just doesn't make sense because I'd rather take – if we're rolling the dice with one of them, I don't think I want to roll the dice with the most expensive one. On the other side, uh, Max Johnson's in play here at 7,200. This is a this is a game that should have a lot of scoring, so we want to get shares. If the quarterback on one of the teams is one of those players, great. I am disappointed we can't pair him with Bout, who is one of the, their best receiver, one of the best receivers in the country. Uh, so that makes me a little less interested in Johnson because he doesn't have that kind of playmaker in bout. But there's some other guys we can target receiving-wise. Uh, Tyrion Davis-Price is my favorite player on the LSU team. He broke out last week at a good number, another guy I recommended. Um, he was a kind of a sleeper GPP player last week. This week he's now playing a weak run D. Um, he's going to be solidified carries. He's not sneaky, uh, but I think he's still at 6,600, a pretty good value. And then on the receivers – um, you know, J- Thomas, Beck, Jenkins, all in play here. Um, you know, someone's got to make up for those targets here with Bout out. I think this could, this could be a lot of scoring here, so you can take your pick. I don't love any of the receivers, to be honest, uh, but they're because they're not priced up, I think, you know, neighbors even, it's 3700 makes sense. You can find some value here and kind of fill out your lineup. So uh, my preference would be to maybe, you know, play. Definitely my preference on the LSU side is to play Davis Price, if you're not and you want to sprinkle in a receiver or two, I think you can find some value receivers on the LSU side with their number one guy being out. On this Oregon-UCLA game, um, another one where it's like this game could have a lot of points, but it's like it's it's hard. They're not great DFS uh, targets, right? Like Anthony Brown at 8K just doesn't have the upside that I would want to play in DFS. Like he rushes, doesn't throw for a lot of yards. He's fine. But he's not like an exciting DFS target. If he was 7K, I would be more excited about him, but not at 8K. Um, I like Die, especially knowing that Verdell's going to miss some time. If Verdell doesn't play, then Travis Die uh, getting a much bigger workload is interesting. And he catches the ball too. So Die would be the guy I would target on Oregon, but this passing game just doesn't have enough juice for me to be interested. So Die is the only guy I'm looking at here. On the UCLA side, there's some guys in play. I think this game is going to be, you know, be some scores. So, Thompson Robinson, uh, 8100. I would much prefer to Anthony Brown. He runs. He's lethal around the uh, in the red zone. They run him in all the time. So, um, he can throw for 200 and run a couple in as well. Uh, I like Charbonnet. Charbonnet is the guy here. He, he gets most of the carries. He hasn't been scoring much, um, but you know, I think there might be some pro- positive touchdown regression if that's the right word coming. So. I would be interested in Charbonnet here. Um, and then, you know, Kyle Phillips being back is huge. He's their best receiver. He's the guy I would target outside of Phillips. I don't know if I'm too interested in the rest of the cast catchers. Um, Greg Dulick, probably the best tight end, one of the best tight ends in the conference. So he's someone we can play at 4,800. I think he would be my preferred stack with Robinson because, you know, he's more affordable. But um, him and Phillips that would be the two receivers in play as well. Now, on the uh, Clemson pick game, you know, this Clemson team is, has been making a poor DFS target because they are good defense and their offense has been not moving the ball. So 
I can't recommend playing DJ. He just hasn't shown me enough upside to be someone I'm interested in. Um, I think Shipley might be hurt, so we don't know what's going on at running back with such a big question mark. I'm not interested in the running game either. Pittsburgh's run defense is, is formidable, so you know I don't think this is a team they're going to run all over. The only player I'm interested in on the Clemson side is Justin Ross, especially with Nada out. I think he'll get a ton of targets. So if they're going to funnel targets to Ross at 6,300, I think the price is there. That I could get behind, Justin Ross. Other than that, I'm pretty much out on this Clemson team. On the Pittsburgh side, this is a good Clemson defense. So I'm not going to be looking to target them too heavily. Kenny Pickett at 8,400, I'm not interested in. If you notice, most of the games where he's gone off, um, those games were because they were a bad defense. And this is not a bad defense. So I don't think he has the upside for an $8,400 price tag. Uh, Israel... Abinkanda finally broke out last night, uh, last week. Um, and I like him going forward this season, but this isn't the matchup to, to try him. So uh, look at that, getting a call. Sorry about that, team. Like I said, it's my birthday. It's actually my sister calling me saying happy birthday, but uh, I'll give her a call back. Uh, Abinkanda, again, he started to break out last week. I would like him moving forward, but uh, not this week. I, I think um, – I think this is too strong of a Clemson defense to play here. And then on the receiver side, uh, Jordan Addison is the number one guy. He definitely has the big playability. I would be okay with him. He's priced up and what I don't think will be a high scoring game. I do think he can reach value because, um, you know, he's a, a slate breaking type talent. So I'd play Addison, but outside of him, uh, I'm not too interested in this game really. Uh, maybe maybe Ross, maybe Addison. Other than that, I think this is probably going to be a low-scoring to medium-scoring game. Lastly, here, last but not least, we have this Maryland-Minnesota game, which to me is honestly one of the most difficult games to even break down. Um, we don't know what we're getting on the Maryland side. You know, I think I think Tua's brother Tali is a good player. But this is a pretty good Minnesota defense. This is not a, a slouch of a defense. Uh, Fleet Davis um, hasn't been very good on great on the ground, and Minnesota has a good, good run D. So I wouldn't look at Fleet Davis for a running game, but they do throw to him a lot. So if you want to play Fleet Davis, I would play him more as a receiver, right? They play him like as someone you would, maybe would pair with uh, Talia in like a GPP, right? Someone to be different. So that's how I would play Fleet Davis from a receiver end. Um, you know, Rakeem Jarrett, all these guys, like, they're all involved and there's some value here. Like, you can play Jones, Jarrett, Cobbs. Like, there's guys. I think they're tight end. Um, Alconquo is in play as well. But none of them are that. I don't think they're slate breaking. They don't have that high potential against a pretty decent Minnesota D. I think you can find maybe one of these receivers as, like, a value play to throw into your lineup. But this not, would not be a target or a priority team to look for. And then on the other side with Minnesota, uh, Tanner Morgan at 5,500 has become interesting for the reason that they don't have a running back anymore, right? Last week we thought and kind of the – it looked like it was going to be Marquis Irving, and it wasn't, which was disappointing. It uh, looks like Bryce Williams was the go-to guy. We're not sure if that's going to happen again. If we were to go with it back here, I would go back to Bryce Williams. He was the guy last week, but they lost their top two guys, right? They want to run the ball, but I don't know they have a solidified back, so – um, if you want to take a shot on this running game, you can do so. Bryce Williams would be the guy I would go for, but there's a lot of question marks there. If you wanted to go Tanner Morgan and pair him with Autumn Bell, I think that makes a lot of sense. Autumn Bell's been priced up, which I don't love, and some of their other receivers are coming back with Wright and Jackson. Um, 
I even like Brown Stevens as a guy who's been making some big plays. So I think Morgan's in play as a super affordable option where we can cram in some of these top tier receivers and running backs and uh, Tanner can get us maybe 250 and two and, and reach value. So I might play Tanner Morgan against a beatable Maryland defense with, you know, some of his better receivers coming back. But for the most part, this doesn't seem like the best game or game script to target. That's a wrap. Uh, like I said, it's a, it's a pretty quick show, 25 minutes. Um, take a look. If you have any questions, you know, obviously drop into Discord. I'll try and take a look before kickoff tomorrow. But in general, I think this is a more difficult week with a lot of defensive matchups. So we'll try and get in there and um, and find the value with some of the guys that I listed. Uh, let me know what you think. Let me know how you guys do next week. I know I'm early, so folks who usually watch live might be watching on record. Come back next week. Let me know how you did. Good luck this week, fam. And uh, I'll catch you next week.